Hello, and welcome to Experience Points, the show about business, health, and happiness. My name is Ted Fox, and joining me is John Taylor. Hello. <laughs> How I want to start this is I briefly want to revisit something we said in the last episode. We mentioned somewhere in there that the skills you learn in education are lesser over time, that you learn more valuable stuff in the beginning of mm-hmm. school and less at the end. But we didn't really explain that. We just we talked about like a logarithmic graph and it, I don't think it's very <laughs> clear. So the reason that's the case is because when you're like at primary school, at the beginning of primary school, you learn how to read and how to write and how to tie your shoes hopefully and hopefully yeah and they're really useful skills that you learn that you use every single day and then as school goes on you start learning information that you don't remember and you can't recall and it's not particularly useful however there is one very useful skill that you should learn at the end of your schooling and that is interview skills because those you can actually apply and they're very valuable and they're going to get you a job so that's what we're talking about today. And so in the last episode, we, I guess, said that a degree is going to get you to the interview room. But once you're in there, it's not going to get you hired. So well, now we're going to cover this next basis. We've got it covered. If you listen to us, yeah, this is how you can guarantee. <laughs> yeah. Should we start with a little context? Oh, OK. Yeah, sure. I was going to ask you, how many interviews have you done? Do you reckon? Uh, Give me a ballpark. Three, three. three job interviews. Yeah. OK. I have got the job every time. Wow. What a record that is. 100%. Incredible. Cool. <laughs> um, are you, do you always feel prepared? Um, yes. I always feel very confident. Yeah. I always go in knowing I'm going to get the job. Yeah. And that's what you've got to be. Yeah. And in fact, that's my first, my first point here. That links in quite well. Yeah. Which is you've got to be confident. And you've got to go in, as I just said, knowing that you're going to get the job. Because if, if you don't believe that you're the best person for the job, then it's not going to come across. And your interview is not going to believe it either. If, if you don't value your own skill, how can other people value your skill? Exactly, exactly. And it's going to come across in you. Um, the way humans behave in social interactions is we mimic each other. You mimic the other person and how they're feeling. So if, if you're sat in the interview and you're feeling nervous and apprehensive and you have doubts, then it's going to come across to the interviewer and they're going to feel the same way and they're going to feel nervous and they're going to have doubts about you mm. because that's what you're portraying. Is there a fine line between confidence and arrogance? No. No? It's hard to define the difference between confidence and arrogance but it's it's very apparent. I think confidence is like a belief in yourself and your capabilities whereas arrogance is more of an expectation that you deserve to mm. achieve a certain level. I don't know. That's yeah. that's the only way that I, like I can that. define the difference because it's hard, really. It is. Hmm. So one of the the cool stats and studies under confidence and how to be confident and mm-hmm. what that means to, to your chances. Everyone wants to portray confidence, even if even if you're nervous, you want to portray that. Yes. And it says around twenty percent of interviewers said that candidates who sat in the interview and crossed their arms um, were not considered for the role. So 20% of them. Wow. Um, because their body language reflected their lack of confidence. Mm. And then it goes on to say that eye contact is another crucial for portraying Ooh, yeah. confidence. Yes. Um, 
and 65% of interviewers said that candidates who failed to make eye contact didn't get the role they were yeah. applying for. It's really important that you make eye contact when you're talking. Yeah. It's way easier to make eye contact when the other person's talking. You've got to make the eye contact when you're speaking. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. And then the last one um, was about your voice and actually being, having a confident voice. Mm. Um, and it said nearly 40% of the interviewers stating that the quality of the candidate's voice and their overall confidence was the reason for not taking the candidate further. Interesting. So make sure, I always make sure I've got like a bottle of water with me. Just everyone gets that croaky <laughs> voice when they're a bit nervous. So like, yeah. just make sure your voice is cleared that you can actually do yourself justice. Like you yeah. want to give a good representation of who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like sit up straight. Puff your chest out. Yeah, and it's and it's annoying if you are the right person, but you don't get it because yes. you're not confident or you're not mm-hmm. showing yeah. it, even if you may be, but you're just not used to showing it to people. Mm. Body language-wise, um, what you could do to appear more confident is you want to open yourself up. You want to mm. occupy more space in the room. That makes you seem more dominating and more confident. Yeah. So showing sort of body language signs that are considered more confident it will actually make you more confident. It's like a reverse sort of thing yeah. in the same way that smiling when you're unhappy will actually make you more happy. Like it's not just that we show these sort of signs of body language as a result of you know what's going on in our head. It also has this feedback loop as well the other way, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's cool. So you can kind of fake it and you'll make it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good catch. Catchphrase, <laughs> fake it and make it. Yeah. How many interviews have you had for a job? For a job? Um, about five. Five? Yeah. Did you get them all? Yeah. Yeah. What, what are those then? So you worked in a pub? So I worked in a pub. I worked at Schoolhouse, Simply Gym. Schoolhouse is a cafe. Yeah. Um, university, I had one for, we have a thing called frepping. Um, oh. What's frepping? It's short for Freshers represent- Representation. So basically, okay. you look after the freshers for the first two weeks of their you life at uni. <laughs> basically, yeah, you make sure they have okay. fun. You put the social events for them. Was that fun? A lot of fun, yeah. And that was really tough because it's, for some reason, it's all voluntarily done, but it's so popular. Um, so we had 120 oh. applicants for 18 spaces. Whoa. Um, <laughs> and they're all quite intelligent and confident people yeah. anyway to get to where they got. So that was tough. What made you get that position? I think I'm a good combination of intelligence and good people skills. And then the other interview was um, for Virgin Media. I had four interviews there. Um, four? Yeah. Jeez. And I made one of my interviews, um, I made the woman cry. <laughs> You've told me this before. Yeah. This. <laughs> um, oh. How did you make her cry? Do I, I, I have a very hard-hitting story. And a lot of questions in interviews is like, what is your motivation? What keeps you going? Yeah. They want to understand what gets what's, what they makes you you. Yeah, yeah, what gets you ticking. Um, and a lot of it comes back to family situation and what happened mum and dad and all this stuff. And mm. and me becoming a man through it, me finding myself and finding my passions and all that. Yeah. And actually, people can relate, but also they think it's heartbreaking for an 18-year-old to go through all of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I made this one woman cry, which was quite awkward then to restart the interview <laughs> because I, I felt them bad. Because yeah. I, At what point in the interview is that? Like 15 minutes in. We had Ooh. another like 10, 15 minutes after. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> oh, but no, poor woman. It was good. It was good. I, like, you got the job. <laughs> yeah. I always, find, I always find of interviews... 
that is my strongest point, and I know once I've got to the interview, I'm not a, I'm not a candidate number. I'm not a number on a system. I'm an actual person in front of them. Yeah, it's the same as businesses. If I get in front of someone, I can convince them that mm-hmm. what I'm doing is good, and I think people sell. Yeah, passion you, you, sells. You can't fake it once you're in the interview. Not at all. That's when your qualifications can get you into an interview, but. If you're, if you're not as good as your qualification says you are, you're going to get found out. And you're not going to get the job anyways, and vice versa. If you're good, as soon as you get in front of somebody, you're going to go all the way. Mm. And that's the thing, once you get into a job as well, is it's all about your attitude. And you, you can go very far if you're good and you're capable. There's a study done, and it said 50% of the interviewers think that a candidate can be eliminated for, for the position due to the way that they dressed, acted, or walked through the door. Yeah. That's quite high, yeah. isn't it? 50%. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised, though. No. It, play, it plays a massive part. In fact, this, this, this links in perfectly to my second bullet point, John. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is... It's like we planned this, it's but we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> We're just on the same wavelength. Which is like, yeah, look good. Like, you've you got, you got to dress well. Shave. Like, get a, a suit that fits well, not like your baggy dad suit. Uh, or your one from prom. You're right. That you fit just, like three years ago. Exactly. Just get a proper suit that fits well because it just, you'll look way, way better and it'll make you feel more confident and it just comes across much, much better to an interviewer because we could, we, everyone could pretend that like, oh, they don't judge, but like people judge and there's been countless numbers of studies that show people who are more attractive get better treatment in life, lots of things. They're more, seen as more trustworthy, more healthy, lots of stuff. And it's the same if, if you're more likely to get a job if you're more attractive. So try and look good for the interview, basically. Okay, my third point is um, be nice to the receptionist. Which I mean, like, be friendly and warm and smile at everyone you meet in the company. Because it'll make you feel more relaxed and confident after you've had a few positive social interactions. So by the time you get to the interview, it will have calmed your nerves a bit. Hmm. And also you want to come across as well to everyone that you meet, right? Mm. So I think that's useful. And and it really does help calm your nerves. I really liked the, going to the assessment center that I did for my last interview because you meet like people that are just head of recruitment. And that's kind of what they do. And it feels less pressured. Like you go for a few tests and you've already been there for half a day by the time you meet the actual managers that are interviewing you. Mm. And by that point, you feel more relaxed. And, I, guess. I agree. When assessment centers, when you meet, the head people early on mm. that calms you down a bit yeah definitely and especially when they're nice and jokey and kind yeah, of making you relaxed definitely because ultimately they do want you to succeed oh 100%. Like, like these companies they want to hire people <laughs> like like my company are desperate to hire people but so they, they want to see you do well and they want to make things as easy as they can for you they're not they're not there to scrutinize you and tear you apart like you're on the apprentice have you got any more stats there Understanding what the interviewer is looking for can be half the battle. With that in mind, did you know 36% of employers look for multitasking skills, 31% mm. look for initiative, 21% look for creative thinking? Multitasking? Mm. I'm really surprised because there's, again, been plenty of studies that show you can't actually multitask. And multitasking reduces your efficiency because you're splitting your attention between two different things. You can't focus on two things at once. What you're actually doing is just quickly darting between one thing and another thing. Yeah, I agree. So I don't know who these 36% of bogus people are who think you can multitask. Like what? (laughs) And another really important point, I think, is we kind of touched earlier, but make sure you research your business, 
because mm. often they'll say, why are you going to this company or yeah. what stands out? And it says in the stat that actually like 47% of interviewers said that they wouldn't offer the job to a candidate if they had little knowledge of the company. Interesting, yeah. And it takes, it's so easy, a little Google, even on the way yeah. to the... Yeah, I think the key takeaway there is to, you want to know your stuff, but don't overdo it and don't shower them in it. Mm. Just have that information ready to go yeah. if the opportunity comes up to show it. The way I, I prep for interviews, I get a piece of paper, any interview I do, and I write down my main skills. Mm. So things like I've done volunteering in, in Tanzania with football, mm-hmm. so that helps with team. So I, I go through my head, so how do I have shown team? How have I shown yeah. confidence? How have I shown um, resilience? How have I shown that I can... It's all about evidencing these things. Because yeah, ev- every single CV is going to say all these key skills, right? But the key is to get your evidence in there. I can do this because I've done this. Yeah. I am like this because I've done this. Yeah, and I helped. I actually helped my sister with her interview for a job that she got because she's struggled with interviews. She in her head, she's mm-hmm. always got the job, but she, that's <laughs> not her strongest bit. So I said, actually, every point you make, say I'm a team worker, show it, show it. Yes, with a anecdotal story mm-hmm. and show it statistically if you can. Mm. So I said, if you say you're a great teacher, actually show it with some stories, qualitative, and show it quantitative. So actually, we had forty two percent of my students increase three grades or something. Yeah. So actually you're giving them no reason why they shouldn't believe you. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's spot on. And, and big, big yourself up, big everything up. Like, make everything sound as impressive as you can. Yeah. I think that's something that's helped me a lot. The big thing I'd say is also, and this is difficult for some people, I've had housemates who've really struggled with this aspect, that you have to be quite quick thinking. Mm-hmm. They'll often, some interviews will often throw completely random questions out. And it was like... like what? If you were a chocolate bar, what would you be and why? <laughs> and that can really uh, like, oh, oh, like there's no right or wrong. They just want to see that you can think and you can, yeah. that you're not this. What was your answer? I said an Oreo. That's not a chocolate bar. It's Man. a biscuit. Mm. Sounds like you bottled it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> why would you be an Oreo? I think because it has a slightly harder exterior. Um, oh wow I know this is a clever one going deep and then in the middle it's a bit mushier and it's a bit softer Um, that's a hell of an answer and actually when you get deeper with me actually get past the exterior then Mm. actually you can get there's there's layers and there's dimensions kind of like an onion every time you peel one back (laughs) every time you get through that's Um, a good answer there you go for anyone listening who's (laughs) (laughs) had that one prepped Um, um this is an interesting point about prepared answers, though. Do, do you prepare answers a lot for the interview? Do you try and think about what they're going to ask and have stuff ready? Yeah, but I don't prepare sentences. I mm. prepare bullet points. So I go. I often go. So why do I want this job? Where have I shown that I've mm. I've been prepared and I've got passion for this job? Yeah. What do I like about the company? Just the basic. I do like five or six basic questions, mm. and I just bullet point things that I would say. But I would never prepare like sentences because then it's. Yeah, I think that shows. Oh yeah, it, it's de- playing a dangerous game. What I found in my most recent job interview is I had obviously prepared some ideas, some stories in anticipation for what was going to come. But what I found happen is that they would ask a question and I kind of mould the question they ask to fit my answer that I'd already prepared. I think that's a really bad idea. Yeah. And that doesn't work. And I kind of, I was literally like halfway through an answer and I was like, this is just stupid. I'm just going to wing it and just going to answer truthfully to this stuff and i think it, it works much much better exact same with essays the one the first mm. thing any teacher will ever say answer the question you've been given 
Yeah. Don't make it your own question where you can put all your evidence and all what you were planned to say down. Yeah. Actually answer what they're asking you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good point. Very useful. And I think I think interviewers know that, so they won't try mm-hmm. these often bog standard. They want a slight twist to it. As you say, an interviewer wants to speak to a real person, not mm-hmm. someone who's clearly rehearsed their lines. Like that doesn't say anything about you. So yeah. and that won't help you in your job at all. No, you exactly, will, exactly. There'll be a point in your job where you f- cannot prepare. You cannot be prepared for what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of business. Yeah, and they want to know people who can adapt and think mm-hmm. on their feet and not be phased. They want to know you and who you are. And if they don't know you, then they're not going to hire you because yeah. it's too much of a risk. Hmm. You sound so wise. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one, that one was on my list, that little bullet point. Oh. Yeah, so knock that one off. Oh, this is a quick one. Get a good night's sleep. Pretty simple. Like wake up nice and early. Have a nice cold shower. Feel fresh. Feel ready, ready to go. Or warm nice shower. Breakfast. Cold showers are good. They wake <sighs> you up. They wake you up, dude. <laughs> and, it, and that's something hard because a lot of people cannot sleep before because they're nervous, they're nervous yeah. but actually just try and switch off from it don't i always mm-hmm. say don't worry about tomorrow tomorrow worry about itself mm-hmm. i'd also say like don't prep last minute uh, people have different ideas about this but it's the same like revising for an exam if it's the day of the exam i don't look at my textbook i'm like you know what at this point everything that i've learned so far is what's going to matter and yeah. i'm not going to learn something in the next hour of cramming that's going to help me in my exam i'd rather go in with a, a fresh brain that hasn't already been thinking about stuff like go in fresh with, with you know ready to take on what's coming at you and it's a similar sort of thing with the interview i agree and i got ready at uni i got frustrated with exams how so my house of, was all doing economics as well so mm-hmm. we kind of we'd go to exams together and all my other housemates loved cramming that last hour hmm. before. So we'd, I'd just be chilling in the lounge because for the last hour I'd just try and watch TV, like relax. Yeah. And they'd be going, oh, do you remember what Duffy in 1998 said, John? And I was <laughs> like, I don't know that. And they would like really like... Make you feel like you yeah, didn't Yeah, a bit. Yeah. So they would, like, they're trying to remember it for themselves, but yeah. they're like saying it out loud and I'm just trying to switch off and they're like... That's annoying. Yeah, it is annoying. <laughs> Go for a walk. I know, I know. <laughs> And then we walked to the exam and they're doing, oh, could you imagine if this question, and I was like, that question like has, hasn't come up in 20 years. They're like, oh, how would you answer if it did? And I was like, it's not going to come up. That's funny. Did it serve them well? Yeah, they did well. Yeah, different people react differently, right? Yeah. Know, know who you are. Know mm. what you need. Yeah, exactly. To increase your chances of sleeping as well, like go and do some exercise the day before or even on the day if you've got time. Yeah. Like even if that's a walk or it's going to the gym, that's going to make you sleep better and it's going to get a lot of positive hormones and stuff flowing yeah. it's going to increase your confidence make you feel better about yourself and read before bed yeah yeah that's a good one it, it's funny what what chloe started doing she started listening to there's an audio book which basically reads um like manuals like okay. how to like set up a screwdriver but it's this guy with such how to a, set up a street screwdriver yeah so it's like, <laughs> that does not exist <laughs> <laughs> sorry like that and it's um it's this guy he's got the most boring monotonous voice and it sends you to sleep because really? it's so boring yeah does it work yeah it does oh, that's funny. it's so weird isn't it <laughs> yeah that is weird <laughs> i've heard i don't know if this is true but that if you like listen to stuff in your sleep that it your brain like remembers it like you can learn stuff yeah is, does that work is that real yeah really? studies have shown it yeah wow i imagine we'll talk about sleep in a later episode right yeah because there's a lot of interesting stuff about it yeah Oh, this is another quick one. Get there early, like super early, ridiculously early. And it's so obvious, but 
some people don't and they, they get to an interview late and you will never ever get a job if you get to the interview late doesn't matter who you are so just plan ridiculous amounts of contingency time yeah yeah be enthusiastic about your future be ambitious you want to come across like you want to go beyond the job that you're applying for that you have ambitions to you know go at the management scheme even even if you don't want to be a manager like just lie and just come across as really ambitious and that you want to go places because that's what people want in their company because if they know that you want to achieve high and aim high then that means you're going to do a good job and that's the sort of people they want they want ambitious people yeah and try and demonstrate uh the ambition that you've shown in the past right because that comes across well like when i applied for my current job i was able to demonstrate in my previous job that i'd been ambitious and i wanted to climb the ladder um that comes across well because they've seen that that says a lot about your character and that you're going to work hard. I agree. And I think most people think, oh, the best thing to say is, I want to keep this job forever. But actually, they don't no. They don't want that. No, because no one does. No. <laughs> We're living in, in a world where people have probably six to ten jobs in their life now. Yeah, yeah. And, and they've done a study. It's really attractive having determination, having ambition, yeah. having, like, it's a great quality to have. Mm-hmm. And it's not arrogance. It's not overselling no. yourself. But no. it's believing in your ability which yeah. is very important i think it, it just comes across well mm. be it in job interviews or just in general life people that know where they want to go and that live a full life and they want to achieve a lot mm. just comes across well yeah it does and that's the sort of person you want to hire it is often i think i try and reverse it it's like if i was the interviewer what would i want to hear what would i want to see exactly that's what you got to try and do what, what do they want from somebody yeah, what they look for. Someone flexible. If you're doing like shift work or something, like I used to, having people that were actually willing to come in at short notice and work long days and stuff that were like a God's gift and they were the best people. And you, and those people that would work hard for you, you would then want to reward them and you'd want to do well for them and you'd want to say, okay, you've I've called you at the last minute and you've come in and done a late shift. I want to try and give you a nice shift next week. Yeah. Because you know? that's, that's what people are like. So... If you if it's apparent that you want to do well for your employer and for your manager, they're going to want to do well for you. Energy is contagious. Currently in the NBA, there's one guy who basically called Draymond Green who spark plugs the whole team. He's the emotional kind of heartbeat okay. of that team. Without him, like he, his energy makes other people they want to match him. They want to raise their bar because he's yeah. such an energy bunny. Interesting. And I think it's the same in work. If you have that drive, that determination, like mm. other people around you will see that and, it, and it'll be contagious. Definitely. And the reverse is true as well. It's really easy to get drowned out by a bunch of people that don't have ambition and don't want to go places. Mm. And that's another hard thing that you'll come across in the workplace. Mm. I think I think we'll do an episode in the future about the workplace. Cool. Man, we're just covering all bases, like how to go to uni, how to get the job, how to behave in the job. I won't be it's great at that workplace. Guy. No, that's true. <laughs> oh, I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's there's more interesting stuff about to say about that as well. Okay, we're, we're getting down to it. Right, so never wait for a job. If like you don't want any gaps on your CV, they come across really badly. So even if you've just got your degree and you've not been able, you've struggled to get a job related to your degree that you want, just get a stupid job that you don't want to do. Just go and work in a bar or a supermarket, do something, because nothing comes across worse than somebody who's like come out of education, hasn't got the work that they want, and it's just sat at home doing nothing. That comes across really badly. You want to, and it's it's going to be hard. 
especially if you've gone and got a degree and then you can't get the job that you want with it. That's a really hard thing to, to take. But you want to show your resilience. You want to show that you're willing to work hard um, to get where you want to be. So I think that's something that comes across really well is how people respond to their failures. You, you don't want to pretend like you've never failed. It's much better to say, to own up and say, like, I did badly in this. Like, maybe you didn't get the grades you wanted, so you retook a year. Or maybe you didn't get the job you wanted, so you, you did something else for a while. It comes across well because it shows that you've got resilience. I agree. And it's very obvious in the CV when there is a, yeah. a blank period. Oh, yeah, definitely. And what I'd say, actually, coming back, I don't know where this will link in, but I think the hardest question people have with interviews often is when the interviewer says, OK, so what's your weak? Tell me a weakness. What are your weakest attributes? Yeah. And that's something I've prepared for in the past, a kind of rough, because it's not something that you could just pluck out your head often. Yeah. But also, the, I think the main bit with that is you want to say a weakness, but say how you've turned that into a strength. Yes. You don't want to say, oh, like a flawed characteristic in yourself. Yeah. You want to say something that you that mm -hmm. isn't ideal, but actually what... So say, I'm bad at time management, but I give myself artificial deadlines that I move yeah. forward, so it means I can... So, so you, you want turn to, it into... You want to demonstrate that you've identified the problem and that you're taking steps to improve on. That's... You want to be self-aware. Everyone, yes, ev exactly. everyone wants to hire someone who is self-aware, knows their strength, knows mm -hmm. their weakness. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. That's interesting. Do you know what we, maybe we could have done is we could have got like some pretty common interview questions and tried and to prep it. answers for them maybe we should have done that <laughs> that would be cool another day perhaps. <laughs> okay i've got one more point on my list okay hit it all right this might not be good advice uh, disclaimer oh um a very common piece of advice that people will give you for an interview is ask a question at the end mm. prepare a question to yeah. ask at the end because at the end of any interview the interviewer always says have you got any questions yeah and the thing is, because everybody knows that advice, everybody asks a question at the end. Okay. Probably not a very good one. Okay. Just a, a token thing yeah. to show that you've done it. But what I think is that you shouldn't ask a question. Or, well, you should either ask a really good question, yeah. if you've got a really good question. But if you don't, then be comfortable not asking. And this is what I did in my last interview. This is maybe because it was a big assessment day. And we obviously got a lot of information. But it came to the end of the interview and they said, is there anything you, you want to ask? And I just said, no, you know what? I think I've, I've learned everything that I wanted to know coming into this. I've really enjoyed the experience. So thanks for having me. And that's like, that's quite a ballsy thing to do mm. because you're going against the grain and they're expecting you to just ask some token gesture. So it says, it makes you stand out a bit more if you're the guy who goes against the grain. I do agree. And I think in that hierarchical system, it's probably, if you have a great question, that comes top. Yeah. If you then don't, don't ask. Yes. But don't just ask the boring that everyone asks. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Right. And like you said, it's finding a way to stand out because they'll get thousands of applicants, they'll get thousands of faces. Yeah. You want to be noticeable. I've... I Shows often, a lot of confidence in yourself. Yeah, I often do ask a question, but I research it heavily. Yeah. And I make... It's often something that I'm passionate about, so it comes across and we have debates. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I think that's all we've got. Dreaming. Do I have a closing point? No, I don't. Okay. See you next week, everyone. Ciao, ciao. Um, oh, wait. Uh, what's our normal plug that we do at the end? If you, can... you liked it, share it. Oh, yes. If you liked it, share it with somebody. Please. Please. <laughs> um, and if you want, you can follow us on Instagram at experience.points.